Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Faces of TBI podcast series. I am Amy Zellmer, founder of FacesofTBI.com and your host. Today, I am going to be talking with Tina Hutchins, sister of the late Michael Hutchins, who was the lead singer and frontman for the band In Excess. This episode is brought to you by Midwest Functional Neurology, a Minneapolis-based clinic staffed by a caring and progressive team of functional neurologists who are experienced in treating post-concussion syndrome, chronic pain, dizziness, whiplash, and migraines. They are the concussion doctors you can trust for comprehensive brain health in the Midwest. They have greatly helped me and many others. You can find them online at mnfunctionalneurology.com. Hello, everyone. I am Amy Zellmer, and you are listening to Faces of TBI, a podcast series for survivors by survivors, raising awareness about traumatic brain injury, one podcast at a time. Those of you who might not be familiar with who I am, I am a TBI survivor from a fall on the ice in February of 2014. I'm a frequent contributor to the Huffington Post, Thrive Global, and the Goodman Project, and I also volunteer on the Brain Injury Association of America's Advisory Council, and I recently released my second book, Embracing the Journey, Moving Forward After Brain Injury. You can learn more about me and the podcast at facesoftbi.com. And you can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Amy Zellmer. So today I have a very special guest. Today we have Tina Hutchins. And Tina was born in Australia and lived in Hong Kong as a teenager, finally making California her home for the past 46 years. Her background is in makeup for motion pictures, but when her brother Michael Hutchins lead singer of NXS, took his life in 1997. She and her mother, Patricia, authored Just a Man, the Real Michael Hutchins for Pam McMillan. She has now written a more in-depth personal look on Michael's life, written with music writer Jen Jewel Brown, due out September. In it, she discusses Michael's struggles with a traumatic brain injury. And the title of that book is Michael, My Brother, Lost Boy of NXS. So, Tina, welcome to the podcast. I am so excited to have you here today. Well, thank you, Amy. I've really been looking forward to this. Thank you for putting me on your show. I think it's so important to get stories from others. Absolutely. And, you know, I have been kind of talking about this show for a few weeks now. And, you know, it's really interesting, the response I'm getting. Um, you know, everybody's like, oh, my gosh, I remember the day Michael died. And I never knew he had a TBI. And, you know, I think that's sort of the reality of a lot of, you know, celebrities and musicians is we don't always know that they have had a TBI. And especially you know, his was back in 1992. So I'm, I'm so happy that you found me and that we've connected mm-hmm. and that we're able to get his story out there. And, um, you know, I, I know that sharing Michael's story is going to help, you know, other survivors, but also help people who don't really understand what a concussion or a brain injury is. And so I'm, I'm just really thrilled to have you here talking about this. Oh, well, thank you. You know, um, can I can I tell people how I 
found out about you. Absolutely. Um, yep. Yeah, because I actually quote you in the book, and um, and it's the I, I was reading Huffington Post in uh, t- uh, 2015, and I saw this article written by you. There were there were quotes which just hit me so. I mean, I mean, I couldn't. But I just kept reading over and over. Um, the first thing I I read was um, that you said I'm up and down emotionally, like a roller coaster, and exhausted beyond comprehension. And I thought, my gosh, you know, I'm I'm thinking, Michael, it's this brain injury. I never knew that there could be consequences from this this injury he received back in 92, which he, he actually didn't talk about very often, but he definitely changed right after. There, there was mm-hmm. such a change in his uh, whole personality. I mean, he, before that, he was a very easygoing, um, you know, very funny guy, great sense of humor, just loved people. And he became um, sort of more introverted, angry with things. He would fly off the handle, um, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and none of us understood it. We, and I don't think he did himself because the doctors didn't talk to you about that back then. So, um, um, Tina, would you, would you mind sharing how he sustained his TBI? Sure. Um, it was uh, back in August of 92, and he was in Copenhagen with Helena Christensen, his girlfriend at the time. And uh, they were on their way home. They had their bikes, and uh, it was evening, and they decided to stop from, from some takeaway food uh, to take back to Helena's apartment. Um, and, you know, they, they have a lot of narrow streets over there. Um, and uh, they they stopped with their bikes and they were, I guess, discussing where were they going to get their takeaway food. And this cab came around the corner and he was blowing his horn for them to get out of the way. Um, And I guess they didn't move fast enough for him. Uh, He leapt out of his cab um, and he came straight at Michael, who was holding his bike at the time um he had absolutely no defense or anything and uh he this man just shoved him with with such force that he went backwards straight of his head onto the pavement um he lost consciousness and he he did come to before the ambulance and paramedics came um they took him off to the the closest hospital. They did the normal tests and told him he would have some headaches and um, but uh, just go home. (laughs) Which he did. Yeah, uh, Helena took care of him. He did. He had massive headaches and uh, he, he he sort of, he knew something was wrong. The first thing he noticed was um, he, uh, he could not smell or taste anything. And he went to a doctor in uh, London, a specialist, 
who told him that uh, uh, that happens with people who have, you know, these uh, these accidents, and um, that you know he had these persistent splitting headaches. Um, and he was told that he had an injury to the olfactory bulb and the, the neural structure of the forebrain near the eye socket that translates chemicals entering the nose to smell. Um, and it, it may may come back and it may not come back. Most people, it comes back. Um, you know, I, the thing is, that was really huge for Michael because, I mean, not only was he a very sensual man, and if you know his music, his lyrics, of which he wrote most of the lyrics for in excess of um, songs, um, that's the way he wrote music, you know, very sensual, people in love, people losing love, so forth. Um, and so I think definitely that worried him because, uh, you know, he, if he he spoke about um, you know the perfume of his girlfriend and that kind of thing. So he he also liked to cook, and that changed that changed that activity immediately. Um, not being able to taste or smell it. Um, so you know he 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 would talk often of really deeply missing these two senses but he didn't he didn't talk about his being anxious um about his uh, music his performances and uh i think he didn't understand possibly why he began to forget his own lyrics oh yeah happened. and the band didn't they just thought he was being a bit of a jerk, you know. They thought mm-hmm. that's the way they treated it. Like, uh, you know, he's just, you know, he must be staying out late. Maybe he's doing a bunch of drugs, or you know, it was a very difficult. You can imagine. I mean, he didn't, he didn't die till five years later, and uh, you know, taking his life. Of course, that's also a part of this being just crazy about things i mean um go ahead well i I was just gonna say you know the sad reality here is that the way you know the doctor just kind of dismissed it you know you might have some headaches and that was kind of the end of it and the reality is that's how so many people are treated and you know, I think it's partly that the doctors just truly don't understand the severity of a concussion, right? And, you know, unfortunately, so many people go home and then they're left to struggle with, like, you know, why can I not smell? You know, because that's very common Mm. to lose the sense of smell and taste. Why am I Mm. having such bad headaches? Why am I tired all the time? Like, they just don't understand it's all related. And nobody's told them that. And nobody's told them how to cope with it. And, you know, it's a huge, huge struggle. And, you know, especially back in 92, it was even more misunderstood than it is now. Um, But unfortunately, Mm. it's it's still happening now. And it is still happening now. And uh, sorry, I, I was just going to say that, 
you know, with with Michael, of course, there's there's this uh, his friend Richard Lowenstein, a, a director, producer in Australia, uh, has a motion picture coming out in early 2019 about Michael, and he actually took the coroner's report to a neurologist um, who deals with this all the time, and he absolutely, well, in in Richard's words, he said. This man absolutely freaked out due to the description mm-hmm. of the old head injury. He said it had been an incredibly serious injury. Now that Michael never expressed to us, you know. Right. Yeah. You know, and you talked about how he changed and became angry um, and irritable. And, you know, for me, I never experienced that part of it. I didn't damage that part of my brain, but it's talked about all the time in my Facebook group. Um, People don't know how to how to manage their anger or, you know, spouses or caregivers um, are frustrated because they don't understand why their loved ones like lashing out over the stupidest things. And, um, you know, he probably didn't understand why he was angry. And and like you said, the band thought he was just being a jerk, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Um, what did you think as, as a sister and maybe even, well, you know, I, your mom, what were you guys thinking? I, I also had, to, the thing is we all live on different continents. So it's not even like, we saw each other on a constant basis. We did a lot of, um, you know, phoning and faxing. It was back then, <laughs> and yeah. um, and and he would, you know, he'd he'd come to LA and I would see him and and I I thought he was. I also at times thought he was being a jerk. That's terrible. But you know, it's like, well, what's wrong with you? You usually, you know, like to go do this or that or or you know. Uh, why why shouldn't we call these people and have dinner or you know things that were very normal to him and he was always he was such an affable person you know he he just he would go along with things he loved people and this was just a different person i kind of thought he was himself if you know that term mm-hmm. <laughs> you know i thought he was classic yeah. rock and star actually, right <laughs> yeah, so hey don't pull that with me i you know and we actually uh, i i wrote in the first book how we met at his hotel once he, he asked me to come down because i actually had a, a letter couriered to him telling him what a what a jerk i thought he was being I mean, really, I mean, there weren't many people who would talk to him that way, but I could. <laughs> and um, I wrote him this three-page letter, and he called me immediately. He said, come on down. We've got to talk about this. And we sat around outside of his cabana. We sat all afternoon and talked and thrashed things out. But it didn't come out. I mean, certainly this injury was not uh, mentioned. We just talked about the family and what's going on, and I couldn't understand why he was always in these moods that I I never noticed before. Was he being, you know, was it the people he was uh, that he was around lately? Because he was at that stage certainly involved with a, a lot of the uh, models and so forth because of Helena's business and. Um, he often went on shoots with her, you know, so I thought, um, yeah. you know, what it, 
this is such a different Michael. It was a very difficult afternoon. I mean, we came away from it, you know, hugging each other and crying and the whole thing. And, um, uh, but I, you know, and I thought, oh, that's okay. But then um, I did notice he, he would come to my house to have a homemade dinner and I would make, I would bake these Australian dinners for him and um, he just liked being you know with people who didn't know him or who didn't care who he was of course and um, and I noticed that because he was such a wine connoisseur and he'd, he'd pick up his glass and he'd still pass it under his nose it was like an automatic mm-hmm. thing yeah and then he'd just look with them over his face you know and, and it, it was even it was worse when his daughter was born his first his only child was born in uh, mid-96 and I, I was in Europe at the time and he called me and he said you know I can't smell her. I said, mm-hmm. what do you mean? Are you? And he said, you know, that that gorgeous baby smell, that newborn smell. I can't smell her. And that, that was, that hit me so hard that he yeah. was suffering like that, you know? But we still didn't get it. You know, it's, I don't know. So, Tina, at at what point did you start to put the dots together and make that connection to his TBI back in 92? You know, like, what did you well, have a profound aha moment or, you know, how, mm, how did that come about well, that you made those connections? Well, I, you know, I, okay, I knew that, it obviously, I mean, he told me that the, those two senses were due, the doctors had told him that, were due to that uh, accident. But um, as far as his his demeanor, his, his whole personality, um, that, you know, I also thought it had something to do with that because certainly, you know, he he, he was different, but... I didn't realize that I thought he was just angry, you know, that this could happen to him. I thought that he was just, you know, I, he was also, there were uh, problems in the band at that point. I mean, the band was not, you know, it was in the nineties. They weren't doing as much. Um, they, and, and, you know, I knew that there were some rifts in the band. So I thought perhaps that had something to do with it too. There were he, he had his own projects that he wanted to get onto, and the band was and, and management were preventing him from doing that. So he he was not happy about that kind of thing either. So, you know, I just thought you know age and things progressing. Uh, he wasn't happy with his professional life anymore, and it it really wasn't until keep asking me into the you know maybe like eight years after he died or something they would ask me about his injury and and then honestly it wasn't until I read that article of yours 
And you, one of the things you were talking about was the fact that you just to, it was hard just to go into um, a, um, a mall and have lots of people around you to certain sounds, um, uh, strange lighting. Well, I started to think about that, and I thought, that's Michael's whole professional life. He goes out in front of people every night, anything from 20 to 120,000 people, night after night. And he always loved to perform. It was so natural to him. He was like a natural rock star. Somebody wrote that about him once. He he enjoyed it and because he was a, a different person on stage. That was the other Michael Hutchins, he called it. He wasn't his uh, – he, he, was, he was not a normally outgoing person. So this enjoyment had been taken away. I mean, I can't imagine what it must have been like. Maybe you can. Um having, you know, dealt with similar things that um, how it would be standing there on a stage, the front man carrying the show um, and the lighting and the sounds and the people. um, It must have been hell to him. I mean, it must have been very difficult. I honestly, I can't even imagine. I mean, I know how horrible, like I said, just going to Applebee's was enough to make me want to crawl into bed. I mean, I truly can't imagine. I haven't even gone to a concert since my brain injury Uh, because I I just, I mean, you know, you think of a concert and you can feel the music too, right? Like the bass, you can feel it. It vibrates your body. And and, I mean, even if you're wearing earplugs, you'd still have Mm. all that sensory overload and the flashing lights and you know I don't know if they had fireworks too but I I can't even comprehend I mean it had and 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 if he's struggling with not even understanding what's going on Mm. with him he probably had intense anxiety I mean I just oh man I can't imagine going out on a stage (laughs) yeah exactly you know and and but none of us knew you know, because he hadn't been told anything. He went to doctor after doctor uh, after this. Nobody mentioned anything about, you know, poor impulse to control or, you know, being confused. He must have been confused that he was maybe losing the magic that he used to have. Mm-hmm. And and writing must have been more for him, not writing the lyrics. Um, you know, I just... You know, you, you said in, in that article, and I don't forget what you said. Those words come over me. You know, when I was writing this book, that were going through my head, but you, you said that you felt an entire spectrum of emotions, like rage, fear, sadness, depression, mm-hmm. hope, joy. This kind of thing went through you in, in a matter of one day. And I felt so sad. I felt I had to write this book because I didn't get that across in the other book. And um, I'm really hoping to make Michael a face of TBI because 
uh, people often take note when it's, um, you know, mm-hmm. somebody that can perform, so it can help get the word out, you know. Um, Absolutely. But, I, I totally agree. Yeah. And it, uh, I just, you know, I'm still just struggling with comprehending what it had to have been like for him, you know, I mean, and then you said he was forgetting the lyrics. I mean, I can absolutely relate to that. You know, like I couldn't remember anything. My short term memory was so horrible. And I mean, he had to have felt like he was going crazy. I mean, that's how I felt, you know, he can't even remember these songs that he wrote and he sang for, you know, years. Um, And, and, you know, to have his bandmates think, you know, maybe he's doing too many drugs or, you know, and, mm. and yeah. And yeah. Well, exactly. I and can't and comprehend. It, was, it was from, it was when fans wrote in after he died and said, you know, he wasn't quite, you know, because the last, um, the last album was elegantly wasted. And they said, I've been watching him for years and, and he's my favorite. And I, I just love him. And, 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 but the, that last concert I saw, he was not elegantly wasted, meaning, you know, they probably thought <laughs> he was, you know, like, uh, just not doing the job right. Maybe, right. you know, he was on something and, um, you know, the band didn't say anything to us. I mean, I didn't go and see all his shows. They were they were playing all over the place. And, right, and, right. Um, <laughs> So we didn't know. The family didn't know. And the band didn't say anything. Like, gee, Michael's, you know, but he can't even remember his own. Well, I mean, if somebody had told me that, I would have been right there. I would have mm-hmm. taken a plane at me and said, what's going on? You know, that's, that's not you. How can you forget your own lyrics? That is devastating. He must have been... So, yeah. so alone and afraid, and he, you know, that he was just losing everything before he got to do all the things he wanted to do. Um, and the, you know, it has been pointed out to me by this one doctor um, who's dealt with thousands of attempted suicides, and he said, you know, a TBI is, is the one described in Michael's autopsy would have made him very impulsive and erratic and bipolar and, and, and would have taken away his ability to deal with complicated situations. Mm-hmm. And at that point, that morning, early in the morning, when he hadn't had much sleep, he'd been traveling and, and getting ready for this, actually his last concerts within excess, he'd already told them that he couldn't do this anymore. And um, he was getting ready for those. And uh, he was dealing with a personal problem back in London. And um, that he was alone in his um, in, in his uh, suite at the Ritz-Carlton. And he just, you know, he just lost it. And it was just one of those, you know spur of the moment I mean you know if, if somebody had called or somebody had knocked on the door if, in fact he was waiting for uh, an old girlfriend to arrive um, Michelle Bennett who used to he used to call her even when he had 
um, other relationships. He'd call her late at night and ask her to read him to sleep. He always did have trouble sleeping before this happened. And uh, she was on her way to the hotel to see him. And um, she didn't make it. And, uh, you know, the whole thing is just so sad. And I, I honestly think had he known more about why he was in this position, you know, mm-hmm. why he was feeling these things, um, he would have, well, he would have been, you know, having therapy for it. He would have done so much better. As it was, he was just uh, on Prozac, and the doctor who was right. um, treating him in London was just calling in these, you know, prescriptions and just upping it all the time without seeing him. And unfortunately, that is so common, too. I mean, that's the first thing um, the neuropsychologist wanted to do with me was put me on Ritalin and antidepressants. And I was like, I don't see how that's going to help my brain injury. (laughs) So I, I, you know, I kind of refuse to take them. But all the time in my group, that's like the first thing doctors do is put us on antidepressants because they think we're just depressed. And, you know, they're not making that connection um, with the brain injury. And, mm. Tina, do you, you know, knowing everything you know now, and, and I realize it's it's purely speculation, but do you feel his TBI is what ultimately led him to his suicide? Oh, not a doubt in my mind. Not a doubt. Mm-hmm. You know, that I people who had known him for years, um, and as I say, he did, you know, he wasn't on constant contact with anybody because he moved around the world so much. Um, and the people who had known him since a teenager said, oh, Michael isn't the type to commit suicide. Michael, he's, you know, easygoing, great guy. You know, they just couldn't put that together. But I could see it, and, and I spoke to him five days before he died he was leaving LA and he called me and we talked and he said I this is my last um my last deal with in excess I'll give them another um album but I'm not doing any more uh this traveling with them I can't I can't do all these shows anymore and um you know I've got to get on to something else. I I don't I don't want to go to Australia. I don't want to do these last six shows. I don't know how I'm going to do it. And I actually told him not to. I told him he didn't know anybody anything. If he felt, you know, he was not fit enough to do it, they should call him off. He can do them later. You know, bands do that all the time. Such and such needed a break. We'll make these shows up in two months, you know? Um, but he felt obligated to the band. Yeah. Um, I know I, not a doubt in my mind that this caused, and Michael was certainly not the person to just take his life, you know? He, he was a mm-hmm. very easygoing, happy guy before this happened. Um, and, you know, we we hear all the time of, 
you know, unfortunately, recently we've had quite a few celebrity suicides. And the first thought through my head is always, I wonder if they ever had a TBI. And, you know, especially, you know, amongst athletes, we're hearing more and more suicides. And, um, and um, oh, I can't think of his name. Um, oh, the lead singer, Lincoln Park, that recently committed suicide. Um, you know, it just, it really makes you question they're they're in they're in professions where they're more likely to have a a concussion um you know Mm -hmm. musicians i mean it you know his was a really freak accident you know an assault um but it can also be you know they hit their heads they have a fall during a performance or or during a stunt you know if you're filming a movie or a video and you know i think it's more prevalent than we hear about and you know i just wonder how many of these people like Michael are not getting the help they need because, Oh, it's just a concussion. You'll, you'll, you'll feel, you'll have some headaches, but you'll be fine. You know, um, I I agree with you, Amy. Yeah. Even at a celebrity level where in theory you should have access to some of the best doctors, you know, I, I still think it's, it's happening. I still think it's getting missed and misdiagnosed. Absolutely. I, I agree with you. I mean, I, I, well, especially sports people, you know. I mean, of course, it's all, and, and it's always on with the show because somebody, a celebrity yeah. or a great sportsman, um, you know, there are a lot of people that make a lot of money from those people. Mm-hmm. And I think they just want it to be right. It's okay. Look, I've got a doctor feel good for you. Honestly, mm-hmm. I, I truly believe that is still happening. And um, this has to stop. I mean, there, you know, for 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 sports people. I mean, I mean, that's that's shocking. I I know they now take them off the field, football, and and they spell them for a while, and and that kind of thing where they never used to do that. You know, it would be like, you feeling okay? Get back in the game. Uh, you know, we need that home run. But um, right. I think they're more in tune with it now. But people, as you say, um, say who are working on a movie and they fall or something mm-hmm. like that, or, or, you know, people in the music industry, um, you know, it, it can be a wild life. It can be, it's possible. Right. <laughs> right? So, yeah. And uh, even being, you know, jostled about and, and you know, pushed down by, uh, well, certainly the press. Um, I think maybe they've pulled back now, uh, certainly after uh, Lady Diana's uh, accident. But um, I know at that time they were they were well after Michael. Michael was having a terrible time in London with the press. And and that did add to things. Um, yeah, perhaps no doubt. The doctors, yeah, perhaps the doctors felt that, you know, that was depression. But, um, you know, I, I, guess, I guess the physicians just didn't know enough about it in the 90s, um, and which is, is so sad. And, um, and, and hopefully we can change that. I, I'm certainly on board for anything you can think that I can do, Amy, because mm-hmm. really, I'm indebted to you. You wrote this, and, and, and a bell went off in my head. That's it right there. Wow. Um, 
it it just changed things for me. And uh, so sad that I didn't know 20 years before. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I mean, you just, you've totally given me chills. And, I mean, just the power of the written word, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. and so I'm just going to share this segue of a story um so the the night before you wrote to me I had received a really horrible email from someone that just clearly doesn't like me and um she actually had a death threat in my email and I was so like I was I, I was upset like you know it's like I try to do all this good with my podcast and my writing and everything I'm doing with my advocacy and like you know and then you get these people that just try to bring you down and then the next day you sent me that message asking if you could use my quote in your book and I was like oh my god this is why I do what I do and I mean it was just I can't even explain the timing of your email it was just like so serendipitous and to know that and knowing now more of the story that my piece was what together. I mean, it's just the advocacy work we do and sharing our stories is so powerful. And your book is going to change lives. I, you know, people are going to read this book because they're just interested in Michael and then they're going to read about his TBI and, you know, it might help somebody put their dots together or it might help a a loved one understand their, what their loved one's going through. And I mean, it's just going to have such a ripple effect. So you're doing really great work with this book and um, you're, you're, you're set to go to Australia for the book launch, correct? That's right. Yes. uh I'll be leaving on the 20th of next month, and we we have a lot of things lined up. The word is really going to get out because people are first interested in Michael and and what might be more more of an intimate story on him. But um, I've also, you know, expressed to our publicists that um, that I'm interested in talking, at, at least doing a couple of interviews on uh, the TBI uh, specifically. Um, Jen Jewel Brown will be with me in Melbourne. Uh, we're, we're visiting um, the uh, St. Kilda Writers, um, Writers Week, and uh, that's a, a pretty big deal. Melbourne is the sort of the arts capital of Australia and um, so we're really looking forward to that we're we're actually uh, going to be doing an, an interview we'll be um, launching the book and um, and then Jen is but because she's a, a rock writer she's she's, she's uh, well known in Australia and uh, she will be on a panel uh, in the evening um, just you know talking about rock music and I guess and how they how they write about it, um, but but during the day we'll be launching the book and and also um, a friend of Michael's, uh, Sean Kelly, um, from a band called The Models, which was very very big in Australia when an excess was huge, and uh, he's actually making a special trip to play for us on stage, just wow. just acoustic, yeah, and. Um, so we're we're so excited about this because 
um, this would definitely get the word out between that and, and newspapers and, and uh, magazines and TV. And I'm going to be pushing the TBI you won't believe. <laughs> yeah, you know, yay. Um, <laughs> you know, the whole the book is on Michael, but that is such a huge part of it. I mean, I don't know if you know, but after, right after Michael died, there were some terrible stories coming out about how he died, why he died, and, and, and ridiculous stuff. People who didn't know what state he was in. And that that's what journalists will often do. They, yes, unfortunately. You know, they just run with it, yeah. Sells newspapers. So, um, so I'm so pleased to be able to, 20 years later, just uh, really break that and break it big. And and thank you, thank you. I'm telling you, Amy, it, it's changed everything. You know, from Michael's whole family and his friends. Really, what you wrote. I'm, I'm wow. confused right now. I'm telling you. I know. It, I it am was too. Such, <laughs> Wonderful, and thank you for allowing me to use your words in our book. Um, yeah. it, it, um, I'm so honored. It is powerful. Oh, no, you, you're doing a great thing, um, and uh, all, all of, and you know, if we can come up with things uh, in the future to make people aware of all this, um, yes. you know, put my name down. I'm right there. So, anyway, yeah, and, uh, I, I just. It was so incredibly serendipitous how the universe aligned to put us together. And um, I'm just, I'm so pleased to be part of this with you. And you are doing such amazing things with sharing his story. Um, It's going to be very, very powerful. Absolutely. And, you know, um, I I just wanted to to say something I wanted to mention before I forget about the statue for Michael Hutchins. We... We are asking people to go to change.org and and put your name to the petition for a statue for Michael Hutchins. And uh, you can visit us on Facebook, a statue for Michael Hutchins. It's, um, I think he deserves it. Not only was his Australia's first and only so far great rock star, <laughs> he, you know, um, because he always mentioned um being Australian uh, and uh, he was very proud of it and uh, we want to see that happen so hope you don't mind mentioning that. Not at all no not at all and um, yeah I just you're going to change so many lives with your book and uh, you know I know when you kind of started this you know you 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 didn't know the journey it was going to take you on and um, it's the TBI community is just so incredible. I, I have made, I, I lost so many friends with my TBI and I have made so many more friends in the TBI community because we all get it. We all get each other. And um, Mm -hmm. it's just such a warm, welcoming community. And um, you know, you're, you're, you're really going to enjoy doing work in the TBI community. I, I just think Michael's story is going to start spreading and, you know, I mean, I grew up listening to NXS, you know, I'm a, I'm a product of the nineties and, you know, his music was huge when I was in high school and college and um, who'd ever thought back then 
that I would somehow be connected to him through his book and his TBI. I mean, it's just the most incredible journey. Well, life is full of surprises, isn't it? Isn't I mean, it? <laughs> I mean, yes, no, and I never thought that, you know, because just the thought in my mind to write a book using this and in your words and and it, it just took me on another journey, you know, meeting uh, Jen Jill Brown, who's just a brilliant writer, uh, who's taught me so much too. And, um, and just, you know, when I made that connection to you, can I use this? Because it never occurred to me that I had to ask permission. <laughs> I said, Amy Zelma wrote blah, blah, blah. And, and, and the, the, uh, you know, the the uh, people at Allen and Unwin who were putting the book out said, well, you can't just say that and use that. You've got to get her permission. I thought, oh, where do I find her? How, is, how am I going to, you know? <laughs> and um, you're wonderful. You got back to me right away. And uh, so it, it started this great friendship. I'm so yes. thrilled, Amy. Thank you I so am much too. for all you do. And thank you. And I'm so bummed you're going to be in Australia when I am in California. So I won't get the chance to meet you. Um, but I know it will happen. I know it's going to align that we will get together one day. Absolutely. I'd love to meet yeah. you in person. Yeah. <laughs> well, Tina, is there anything we did not cover that you wanted? Oh, I do know. I want to mention um, in the show notes, I do have a link to pre-order the book. Um, and you can mm-hmm. order it, I believe, from any country on that link. Yeah, the, the uh, book depository. Um, yes. They're, they're in Australia, but you can order the book from them and uh, they will, you know, pre-order and it it. The shipping is free. So, you know, yeah, yeah, do it. (laughs) And and so I do, I have that link in the show notes so anyone can go pre-order. And do you know the expected launch date? Has that been set yet? Uh, Yeah, the actual launch date is uh, September 26th. Perfect. And 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 if you're uh, listening after that, will that link still work or will they be able to get it on Amazon? Oh, yeah, no, that link will still work. Absolutely. Perfect. Yeah, that's actually, they're a part of Amazon, so it's all. Same oh, great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wonderful. So. so is there anything else we did not touch on that you wanted to make sure we talked about, or have we kind of, we don't want to give it away too much. We want them to read the book, but. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, I I think that people will find this book extremely interesting because it will, there, there is nothing in this book that was in the last book. This is a completely new book. Um, and sadly, it, it finishes the same, but um, it's, it's, you know, it's uh, all new stories, wonderful stories from uh, people who worked with them, um, some funny stories in there. Um, I think people will really get a better sense of um, Michael's personality and how much fun he was to be around. You know, he um, he was uh, just he was born loving life. He just was uh, one of those people that people felt good being around, and that that's why uh, this accident 
what it did to him was so huge, you know, like a, a completely different personality. Um, and I think people can learn a lot from this book if they read it. Yeah. Um, I don't have it in front of me, so I can't read you a, you know, bit of a chapter or anything. But um, maybe I can on another another show. Maybe we Absolutely. should do another show. And do that. Let's do that. Yeah. Yeah. Once, okay. once you're done with your whirlwind tour, <laughs> we can get yeah. you scheduled again. <laughs> Um, Well, Tina, this has been so lovely. I'm so thrilled you were able to be here. I'm I'm just, I'm so happy that we have gotten connected and um, that you are, you know, on this, you're part of the TBI community now. And we're so thrilled to have you here. (laughs) I'm very honored. Thank you so much, Amy. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here. And just I wish you so much fun and success on your tour in Australia. You and Jen um, have just a wonderful trip. Thank you. I'll tell you all about it. And thank you, everyone, for listening. I really hope you enjoyed today's episode. This was a very special episode. I'm so very honored to have Tina here. And I'm so thankful to have all of you as listeners. And I really hope that you enjoyed learning a little bit more about Michael Hutchins and his TBI. Again, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Amy Zelmer. And you can learn more about me and the podcast at Faces of TBI. And just one more shout out to our wonderful sponsor, Midwest Functional Neurology, the concussion doctors you can trust in the Midwest. Find them online at mnfunctionalneurology.com. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for being a part of my journey. Have a great day, everyone, and I will see you next time. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.